1: Here's what's cooking on the day's Sports Stove Podcast. We are going international. That's right. We're going north of the border to bring in Canada's own daytime sports talk host, Rod Peterson from the Rod Peterson Show. And I have a ton of questions to get to uh, on a wide variety of topics. And that is what's cooking on the day's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to today's special edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. It is an exciting time to be alive. Things have been going crazy at our house today. We almost got flooded. Uh, we had some septic issues, and then just about two hours ago, a tree right outside our house caught on fire, so we had the uh, fire department out here. We've had the power company out here. Uh, it's an exciting time at our house, but thankfully... The power is not going to be shut off, so we should be able to have a full episode here today. And uh, also, thankfully, uh, the fire went out. So, so uh, all is a little crazy in the kitchen today here at the sports stove. But that's okay because we've got a phenomenal episode for you today. I'm excited in just a few minutes to be joined by Rod Peterson from the Rod Peterson Show. Uh, Canadian Hall of Famer, uh, broadcaster, and uh, many other things that we're going to talk about a number of different topics. We're going to cover several sports and some general sports topics as well. Really looking forward to having him on here. Today's episode is brought to you by two companies, Skull Candy and Yeti. Skull Candy, whether you're looking for true wireless freedom or total musical immersions, now is the time to score a deal on Skull Candy audio. Right now you can get the dime true wireless earbuds for only $24.99 or the Shesh Evo True Wireless Earbuds for a discounted 3999. Click on the Skull Candy link in the YouTube description or the podcast notes to get these deals. And then Yeti Coolers, one of the newer uh, uh partners with us here on the podcast, they are at home on the dock, the ranch, the blind, or in the boat. And the Tundra 65 is no exception. It is their most versatile cooler, just as adept at keeping your catches cold in the field as it is storing the drinks and food for your backyard barbecue. The ice chest is plenty roomy and can hold a limit of redfish or your prized brisket without breaking a sweat. And you can customize these coolers with your favorite collegiate or Major League Baseball team. Click on the links in the YouTube description or in the podcast notes to get yourself a new cooler from Yeti Coolers. We're we're right in the thick of summer, uh, July 4th, coming up in a month, and you need a new cooler, so why not get the best cooler Yeti Coolers, if you use the links that we provide for you, it will let them know that you heard about them here on the Sports Stove podcast as well as help the podcast out. So if you use those links, we will be greatly appreciative of it. Right now, we are privileged to be joined by Canada's own, the host of the Rod Peterson Show, the Hall of Fame broadcaster, the best-selling author, and many other things as well. Rod Peterson. Rod, thank you for being with us today. Hey, thanks for having me, uh, Vince.
0: Man, that's one booming voice you got. You, you spent a few years in this business, eh?
1: Well, uh, technically I've spent a year in the business. Wow. Uh, well, you got a big voice. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So I'm actually a pastor. So I use that on Sundays, uh, and Wednesdays as well. But, uh, yeah, the Lord has blessed me with it and we sure enjoy talking sports. And, uh, and enjoy the opportunities for sure. Uh, no doubt, but hey, I, I really appreciate you being with us. Uh, enjoy your show, uh, listen as much as I can, uh, while I'm out and about and uh, excited to have you with us. I want to talk about a wide variety of things today, but I want to start off with, um, your history in broadcasting. So you had, uh, the CFL for Saskatchewan Rough Riders 20 years. Is that correct? Yep. And then you've also done Western Hockey League. You've done World Junior Hockey Championship. You've done Grey Cups. A lot of things that you've done in your in your play-by-play and broadcasting, calling games and things like that. So what is the top sports moment that you had the opportunity to call?
0: You know, I think about it often, uh, and I appreciate the question. Um, it was the 2013 Grey Cup right right down the street from my home here, about five-minute drive. It was the Canadian Football League Championship here and it was the Saskatchewan Rough Riders against the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and I call it the greatest day in the province's history, because there was 44,000 people there, and the Riders just stomped Hamilton that day, but it was, if you're a Canadian Football League fan, it's fairly rare that, it's like what Tampa did last year in the Super Bowl, to play in your own stadium in the championship is not a regular thing, and Saskatchewan did that, and um, that was my 15th season, I think, calling games. Now, we'd won one before that in 07 in Toronto, but that was just a really special day. So there's that. And then I think about the World Juniors a lot, too. This is a hockey country. And to be able to call, you know, Canada, Russia, Sweden, Finland, that was, that
1: was, that was a trip, as they say. <laughs> 44,000 in the stadiums. When's the next time that's going to happen in Canada?
0: <laughs> <laughs> We'd be happy with four in a stadium right now. I'm watching the Carolina-Tampa Bay game here, and it's just insane in Raleigh and we're sitting here talking about maybe maybe 150 in a rank in September hmm. in Canada like it's Vince it's a bit of a sore subject sports in Canada <laughs> right it's a bit of a barren wasteland as we sit here right now the CFL season's delayed as you probably know thank hmm. heavens we got hockey being played hmm. but it's 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 been it's been tough on a lot of people
1: Well, um, so I'm a, I grew up near Nashville, Tennessee, and so I'm a Predators fan. And during the first round of the playoffs, I was watching the Predators and Carolina and just the crowd was electric. And then, and then it flipped over, I think, to the Toronto game and it was just silent. And I thought, man, you forget just how bad it was in, for us (laughs) here with no fans. And then to think that there's still teams going on with that and fans that have to just deal with sitting at home and watching when they're typically out there supporting their teams and stuff like that. You say it's been really rough, and I, and I understand that. Um, what's it doing to the psyche of the Canadian sports fan right now?
0: Well, the fans are fine because they got jobs, and it's, they're just in a holding pattern. But the guys that I'm talking to every day are players and mm. obviously coaches, and they're seeing – I mean, Vince, when I got into this gig 20-some years ago, the, pro, the average pro football career was, I think, three years in duration. Now it's 1.5. Wow. And COVID has caused the Canadian Football League, as we sit here today, to lose 1.5 years. So you're seeing careers evaporate right in front of our eyes. Those are the guys that I feel the most sorry for. And girls, too. I mean, my niece um, just committed to Robert Morris University in Pittsburgh, and then they just – she's a hockey player, and they just canceled their hockey program last mm-hmm. week. So she committed – to, to mercy her. So I, the fans the fans will always come back. The fans will always be there. But the athletes, just to have your career. I was talking to a radio guy the other day. And I just said, just imagine if we at 19 or 20 were told we could never broadcast again. I, mm. I wouldn't have known what to do with myself. And that's what, they're, that's what they're dealing with. So my heart goes out to them. And you know, we talk about being a pastor. I'm a recovery coach full-time in mental health and addictions. So I'm not just talking with them. I'm dealing with them. And I'm a believer too. And it's hard to reason what's going on to a lot of people with the heartache that they're dealing with. Right. There's no explanation, you know, right. As to why this has happened.
1: Yeah. Yep. I mean, we've never been through it before. <laughs> we've not, we've not had to counsel people through it before. Uh, it's, it's a new thing all the way around and definitely causing a, a major role. Um, uh, I'm going to come back to that in a moment. Actually, I want to talk about your recovery, um, uh, the helps that you have a little bit later on. Um, to bring it back to your career and, and kind of want to go with the, the coolest athlete or the, the neatest experience you've had with an athlete, coach, sports figure that you've had a chance to either meet, talk with, interview, uh, any, any great experiences with that.
0: You know, the wildest one on that is who I didn't have a chance to talk to because I was on the floor of the arena in Raleigh at the NHL draft and Wayne Gretzky was six feet from me. And he's like, as we say in our business, the white whale, he's the guy that I've always wanted to interview to this day. I haven't. And it was, he was just having a cup of coffee. It was like in the middle of round four. And I'm like, Oh, that's my guy. (laughs) But I I just couldn't muster the courage. And all these, that was about Oh three. And all these years later, I'm thinking if I ever get a chance to, again, whether it's Gretzky or anybody else, I'm going to go up and say, hi, heaven's knows millions of others have so what was stopping me <laughs> that day you know so yeah you you've, I mean through this pandemic you've seen the thing the lists of your best all-time players your best mm-hmm. all-time memories and stuff and, and um I've been very blessed to meet just about everybody I've wanted to George Strait um you know that, <laughs> that's my guy yes. I've had that opportunity <laughs> but the chance that I had I guess I kind of blew it it was Wayne Gretzky it was six feet from him and did socially distance but didn't introduce
1: yeah. myself. The only country singer I've ever met was at a hockey game. Vince Gill, uh, would go to all the Predators games and my, my mom, mom, don't get mad at me for telling people this. My mom was a, loved Vince Gill and he was sitting all the way across the stadium from me. And during intermission, my dad went to go get concessions. So I snuck down and went around, went down. Said hey to him. Said hey, my mom loves you. He said that's thanks. That's nice. And then I left. <laughs> <laughs> Similar,
0: yeah. At least you said hi, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, let's talk about the NHL a little bit. They just announced this past week. The uh, Canada's changing their policies, allowing teams to travel into the country uh, during the playoffs. And um, you know, I, I, in the last episode, me and Dad were talking about this. I feel like it's a major advantage for the Canadian team. Montreal is the Canadian team that's left um, because, well, let me get your opinion on it first. So they let them in enhanced protocols, uh, daily testing. There's going to be a a small bubble. Um, What does this mean? Obviously this is great for Montreal. They don't have to find a new home like, like uh, the Raptors did. Uh, The Blue Jays are doing stuff like that. Um, So, what does this mean for Montreal? How does this help them in their home games coming up here in the playoffs?
0: Well, I, th- I think it helps a lot. I mean, the Vegas Golden Knights are my team. And I was just saying on my show today that they played to 18,000 the last games, three and four in Vegas. And you think that didn't help them right with the, right. Mo- I-, I know it did. And they yeah. won both games. So Montreal's only had 2,500 fans at their games. But if you know Montreal, that's a very loud and rabid 2,500 fans. <laughs> so that is a, that's a major benefit. They're going on to the next round. They don't know who they're playing yet. It's going to be either Vegas or Colorado. But it's just – it's a huge boost. And I don't – like my dad forbade me from cheering for Montreal when I was little. Because <laughs> that was the team I wanted. It. They always were always winning. They were always on TV. That's how it usually goes, right? So yeah. although I – that was my – you know, I wanted it to be my team as a kid. I just always respected them. Like mm. every game, when you, when you, if you get the chance to watch Montreal Canadiens game, they're showing the icons in the crowd. Guy Lafleur, Yvonne Cornway. They, they go to the games. They're, you know what I mean? It's, it's such the respect of that franchise. And into the building. If you're into the Bell Centre, it's like ghosts, man. You feel it. Your hair goes up in the back of your neck because you feel like all the legends are there. And uh, mm. some of them are because of this. So, But you mentioned the, the border being open. It's a key distinction there that it is because up until last week i don't well i know the nhl had no idea what they were going to do in round three with those teams in canada and no, i just think it's the money I, i'm not saying they bought off the government but there's some other leagues in this country that would like to see the the blue jays the raptors they couldn't get the border open right you know
1: right. so
0: it was i think it's just because it's hockey vince that's <laughs> why i think they did it because it's so big up here um i think have you been have you been to canada no, I haven't. Well, I just, I do a lot of these interviews with American shows like yours and, and they haven't been in Canada. They just, they know how big hockey is here and it's, hmm. it's basically what football is to you guys. Hockey is dust. You know, the yeah. second, you, second you cross that border, it's wall-to-wall hockey, 24 seven, it's all the networks talk about it. It's everything. So that's why I'm saying the government just, and they're hockey fans too. I, yeah. I think they wanted to give the, the Habs a chance. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember, it's not just the thought that counts. It's your thought, because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season, make this December one to remember. Together, click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.
1: Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to... Lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat induced insomnia. That was
0: my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought,
1: how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year round. Do you know um how much different are the American teams that come in Vegas or Colorado how much different are they going to be treated versus Montreal players being at home are they doing the same testing um are they in the same kind of bubble system or wh- how much different is it going to be well, for the away team
0: It sounds like you know you had some of the details there I mean I've read what those visiting teams are going to have to do and that is not leave their hotel They're not allowed to have any contact with anybody outside their team bubble. When you say a bubble, it's a figurative bubble, right? right? Like it's, they're they're just not allowed to go certain places. But I think, I'm pretty sure the the Canadian NHL teams have been able to live in their own homes for this whole season, which started in mid-January. But that's what it is. And it's, you know, I don't know if we're going to talk CFL or not, but the players They're tentatively going to kick off August 5th. And the players have been told, when you come up here, you're going to be housebound for the season, which is August, September, October, November. And it's going to be tough because the Americans, from what I hear, Nashville's wide open. yeah, Like, (laughs) wide open. So, you know, TSN, which is RESPN, the analysts are saying, how are you going to tell a player that's been living wide open for how long in Florida and Texas to come up here and have to self-isolate again? I guess you're going to find out how much these guys want to play football. The NHL players already did it with a bubble in Toronto and Edmonton last year. So they're kind of used to it. And you're only coming in for a couple of days. You're not coming in for right. two months, but that's what it is. The testing will all be similar.
1: Yeah. So in America, we get very skeptical um, of government. And uh, one of the things that crossed my mind as kind of a conspiracy theorist is what are the chances of someone um, – getting testing positive for covid one of the american teams players testing positive for covid when in reality they didn't test positive for covid
0: you know that wasn't the road you were i thought you were going to go down when you mentioned conspiracy <laughs> theories cuz believe me i've had my own through this pandemic <laughs> but i don't i don't think they would fiddle with a covid test i'm okay. pretty sure i'm pretty sure that's illegal although yeah. our prime minister justin trudeau a couple of weeks ago tweeted a photo of himself in a Montreal Canadiens jersey. And right now, that guy can't really do anything right. People don't really like him to begin with. And then he's a Habs fan. But you know what? I actually admired it because he grew up a Habs fan. Trudeau's mm-hmm. his name, man. It's French. So sure. he's just letting it rock but that didn't sit well <laughs> so maybe he will look into a, a positive COVID t- I can't say it won't happen
1: yeah well you know you think of of people uh with food poisoning you know the night before a big playoff game or or something like that I just one of those things crossed my mind I thought hmm interesting you got then you got the international uh uh issue with that too that that would cause so uh I'm sure it won't happen it's just interesting to think about but when um, it does,
0: we'll be watching we'll yeah, I got my radar up now. Let's put it that way.
1: You heard it here first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, there were two pretty big suspensions here in the NHL playoffs so far. You had the one in Colorado, eight games. They upheld that, um, and then you had the four game for Scheifele. You covered this heavily on your show, so I don't want to take too much time on it. Um, were you surprised at all that Scheifele didn't uh, didn't appeal his suspension?
0: I. It wouldn't have mattered. I mean, he, hmm. uh, he wouldn't have won. But, I mean, my take on that. And, and I, what I can't believe, Vince, was the uproar over that hit. And I, and I should have known after living in Canada my whole life that everybody would have an opinion on that. Like, I literally <laughs> walked onto the tee box at the first hole of my golf club on Sunday. Marshall walks out. What would you think of the hit? And I'm like, you can't get away from it, man. Everybody's talking about it. Did Was I surprised? I thought he took it very classily. He's, he's a Canadian hockey player from Barrie, Ontario, or at least that's where he played juniors. Like, I'll take my punishment, but I didn't agree with it. And But clearly you're a hockey fan. Some of these decisions that have gone on with NHL player safety this year make no sense. Like last night, Bruce Cassidy gets fined $25,000 for a comment critical of officials that I didn't even think was that bad. So <laughs> if you're going to fine him 25000 and Shifley says, I got this suspension, I and mean, I think it's harsh and excessive, but I'll accept it, and I'm not appealing it, that's... It's being critical too, isn't it? They just got to pick and choose what they want to punish.
1: Yeah, and, and and you know, I thought I, I went off on this on the last episode, but I to me it was it was I didn't think he should have gotten suspended. Fine, no, okay, whatever. But I thought it was a for all. It was a hockey play. I mean, he was he was playing hard at the point and and you know, you guys covered it on your show Puck wasn't even in the goal yet when he got hit. Uh, it was there, it was close enough and everyone knew it was going in, but still it was one of those weird things in hockey, you know, it seems like every sport we can't get away from the controversy of the the discipline that's being handed down. In in every sport there's always gonna be obviously controversy about it. I was surprised at four games though. Um and if you want to hear more of Rod's thoughts on it, you can find it on the Rod Peterson Show. They covered it thoroughly uh, there as well. I want to transition into football, Rod. Uh, CFL, so I don't know much about the CFL. I'll be honest with you. Me and Dad talked about a little bit. Dad, he was he's a huge sports fan and uh, grew up in Illinois and kind of followed everything. But uh, tell me, how bad is the situation currently with the CFL?
0: Well, it certainly depends who you talk to. I mean, I was on a podcast last night out of Calgary. Home of the Stampeders, and they said, "Aren't you glad that we're not going two seasons without a without CFL football? Wouldn't that have been detrimental?" I'm like, "Guys, we're not playing now. Like we're we're right. Like I'll believe it when we're on the field." Yeah. It's a really long, complex situation that I'm not going to bore you with. But here's the point: what we Canadians see the CFL up there in the realm with the NFL and the NHL because all the games are on national television every week. Every game's on national television. They think the money's the same. And what the pandemic's done is shown them it's not. The average wage in the CFL is $95,000. The top paid quarterbacks are making about a half a million, really. And the point is, for them to play, Vince, would have been the only way for them to play would have been into a bubble, go into a bubble. And the owners didn't want to pay the money to do that. I mean, my dad worked in the NHL for 26 years. I've been around the NHL. I've been around NFL owners. They have limitless resources limitless. Like they weren't going to be denied from playing. They just wrote a check to play. And the CFL doesn't have that luxury. Hmm. So that's, that's what it comes down to. And, and to their credit, because I know all those owners, after being in the league for so long, they've been very forthright and said, we can't play without fans, period. They have not steered away from that. But I just got a note sent to me the other day, what all the Rough Riders players here were forwarded. And They said, you basically, if you're not fully vaccinated, don't, don't bother coming to camp which is supposed to begin July 10th. Well, 40% of Americans, I think, are fully vaccinated and 6% of Canadians. So I said to the guy that sent it to me, how do they think they're going to open camp in a couple of weeks with 6% of Canadians vaccinated and half the league is made of Canadian players? Mm -hmm. So that's the football aspect. And when you say how bad it is, the financial aspect, I thought was really bad because they haven't had any revenue for a year and a half. Yeah, we're seeing teams come out now and say, we've got millions in our stabilization funds that contingency funds that we haven't touched. And I just sit back and go, if you got millions, then why didn't you pay the money to play? I think you owe your players and fans and the game itself to get out there and play last year, let alone this year. But they don't want to spend the money and it's their money. So I, you know, (laughs) if I was in their shoes, I might feel the same way. I don't know. I'm not.
1: Yeah, it, and it's so hard to be critical because as a, as a fan, it's easy to be critical, but it's hard to be critical because you're talking about spending someone else's money. Sure, we don't care, <laughs> but but when it comes out of my pocket, it definitely changes a little bit. Uh There was some conversation about a partnership with the XFL. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard a whole lot on that recently. Uh, do you have any updates or know anything more about what that would mean for the league, for both leagues, well, and is it still going to happen? Listen.
0: I think it's going to happen. I think the CFL won't survive coming out of this if it, if it remains a nine-team league. And some of those f- teams are financially distraught as it is. But I was just in the grocery store two hours ago. And a guy came up to me and he said, if they merge with the XFL, I'm done. I'm not watching it. I'm like, well, I don't think you're telling the truth. I think, I think you will watch it. But there's some incredibly strong opinions. Now, here's mine. And you say, you know, you've seen my show. I'm not shy giving my opinions. In 2001, when the XFL first, when we first came on our radar and first played, Vince McMahon said he wanted to buy the entire CFL, which wouldn't surprise anybody that knows Vince McMahon. <laughs> and I said, "Let's go." We were in, We were financially. We were broke then. Hmm. I'm like, "Let's." Give him <laughs> up court. I think what it is because I'm more of a hockey guy than a football guy. Yeah. So there are people that are married. the Canadian rules, the three downs, the rouge, like the single point, the wide fields, the deep end zones. They just don't want to see that go away. And if they merge with the XFL, a lot of that's going to go away. So, but what I don't get as a hockey guy is that we play on ice surfaces that are 200 feet by 85 feet, 200 feet by 100 feet, 175 feet by 70 feet. Like I, why is this such a big issue? I think it's just an ego thing of football, to be honest with you. To cut to the chase, I think they have to merge to survive. And I think that's the way it's going to go.
1: You know, it's, it's one of those things fans are so quick to say, I'm done. I'm not going to watch anymore. And some of them truly do that. I mean, we went through that with the NFL. Um, still going through it with the NFL. If they take a knee, I'm not, I'm not watching anymore. And I know people who do not watch anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I just skip the first five minutes of the game and then watch from there. Um, but. It's interesting if you take it away completely, all those people who said I would be done with it all of a sudden would probably be going, oh man, I wish they would have done something to stick around. And that's exactly what they could have done. Uh, the USFL coming back. Uh, my dad has told me stories about the USFL, Reggie White going there and those kinds of things. Um, for me, I, I feel like with the NFL cutting back preseasons, they're down to three this year. Soon enough, they'll be down to two and maybe even one preseason game. All the more the football, the better because these, these guys that used to get their shine in the preseason aren't going to get that anymore. And they're going to need somewhere to go play to show that they can actually play and make a league. And I think, you know, the USFL, the XFL and the CFL could all be places where these guys at least get an opportunity to show what they have. Are you, are you on the side of more football is better football? I know you said you're more hockey than football, but, uh, what are your thoughts with the USFL coming in?
0: Well, no, that is the exact phrase I used in my weekend column that I wrote. The more football, the better. But hmm. the problem that I have, well, you got some good questions tonight, Vince. The problem <laughs> that I have is as soon as the USFL made that announcement Thursday, I like I, a smile came over my face. For I'm like, more jobs for players, coaches, more football to watch in the spring when there really isn't any. What, what What's the downside? And all of a sudden, CFL people were saying, it's laughable. They're a joke. Brian Woods is behind it. He's the spring league guy and he's not paying his coaches. And like, they just immediately trounced the USFL. And I'm thinking this isn't there. That's just uh, the business world of trashing your competition. Hmm. That's really all that it was. And immediately too, people were saying, oh, now the CFL has leverage. Maybe they won't go with the XFL. Maybe they go with the USFL. And I'm like, how be one of you get on the field and play first? How be we do that? You know, but I'll drag this back to the CFL or discussion. You said how dire is the situation. They're fractured as a league with not every team even wants to play this year. I know that's hard probably to believe, but some teams don't want to spend the money. It'll cost more money to play than not play, and they run mm-hmm. these teams based on a balance sheet. So they they can't agree on that, and now they can't agree on whether they want to merge or not, because some teams do, some teams don't. And I just, my fear is that they're going to fight themselves into the ground, because... Yep. Nobody's standing up and saying, this is what we're doing and pounding the table. Like Roger Goodell last year at this time, early in the pandemic said, we're kicking off of the fall in full stadium. And I'm like, yes,
1: (laughs) the guy's got
0: a backbone. They didn't have fans.
1: Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.
0: But they did kick off. And and it's just a Canadian mentality. Like I just feel that the commissioner of the league here is too afraid to stand up and say that because cancel culture right? It's not as yep. bad now as it was a, a year ago. I don't think people just want the league to play, but it, yep. nobody's standing up and saying, this is where we're going. And that's a concern to me because that's what leaders are supposed to do.
1: Ryan McCarthy the host of the no credentials required podcast has been a guest on our podcast a couple different times. He has a question. He asks, uh, can you share any uh, crazy stories about the writers? Uh, 2013 great cup team,
0: <laughs> the team. <laughs> well, Listen, I could talk about that all day. And I appreciate the question from Ryan. Um, I don't know where to start. Just consider the week of Grey Cup week, because it's like Super Bowl week. It's a, It's a festival. It was minus 52 degrees all week long. And in Fahrenheit, that still works out to like minus 30. Like it's ridiculous. So um funny well for one there's a huge party that they throw every year at great cup and it's called uh ryderville and it's the riders host it and there's like ten thousand people going into this bar it's insane it's a goncha and i was afraid really afraid that somebody was going to stumble out of ryderville into a snowbank freeze and die like every morning i got up and checked the news to wait and hear that somebody frozen to death inebriated fortunately that didn't happen but on the day of the game i was driving to the stadium my usual ritual as the play by play guy I stopped at a 711 to pick up a pack of Halls throat lozenges and a coffee mm-hmm. and a drip of water dropped off the roof onto my hand as i was opening the door i'm like what and it warmed up to melting that day which <laughs> led to being the greatest day in Saskatchewan history but there were there were players on the Hamilton Tiger Cats that had frostbite in practice like i wouldn't even go to those practices like i walked out to practice. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm leaving. This is inhumane that they're making these guys practice in this. And there's a thing in Canada called hot shots. And they're little things you break and they heat up and you put them in your mitts, you put them in your boots. So the Rough Riders had hundreds of these things for practice and they wouldn't give the Tiger Cats any. So I'm, <laughs> yeah, which well, They're like, hey, you should have brought them. You knew it was going to be cold. Can't you check the forecast? So there was that. And I think, too, when Hamilton arrived here and stepped off Game. That was the Tuesday of Grey Cup week, and the game wasn't until Sunday. The Riders said the game won that day, because like, their faces were freezing. <laughs> and the Riders, they just weren't going to be denied. They kicked the tar out of their opposition every playoff game on the way to the Grey Cup. So what I think about is the weather. Hmm. That's what I think about, is, is the weather. And then, and, and listen, I'm just going to say, because we're sitting here, uh, late August of that year, because our season goes June to November, there was a huge bar brawl. There's a bar strip here called Doodney. It's like Broadway in Nashville. And a bunch of our guys got in a brawl and some of them got charged and it kind of fractured the team. And there was a huge, yeah. Like internally fractured the province actually, because the the fan base of the team is just like this. And a lot of people didn't want those players to play. They thought they were hooligans that they were in this bar brawl. And guess what they played, (laughs) but there was actually, even within the locker room, there was a bit of a fracture over that. And, and the team came together and went on a four-game winning streak after that, and uh, it was it was pretty special. So it was not the best incident; it's not something we're particularly proud of. But they still talk about the Dudny incident in that 2013 season, which might have actually been the turning point and brought the team together. Believe it or not.
1: Huh. Uh, real quick, some couple questions uh, NFL related. Um, you talked about him on your show a little bit too. Julio Jones goes to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, one of the top wide receivers of all time, maybe not currently where he's at in his career. I know, uh, you have a Titans fan on your show. Yeah. Uh, so, so maybe I'll have to have him on to ask this question too. But so I've kind of gone out on, and, and I've gotten a little bit of, of kickback from this. I've said that I believe the Titans will be closer in record to third place in the division than they will be in first place in the division. And then I've said the Falcons are actually going to make the playoffs this year. And, uh, and then fantasy football wise, Ridley will be better than Jones and what all that kind of stuff is Julio Jones. You know, when you hear the name, you think, man, he got traded for a second and a fourth rounder. Yeah, Wasn't um, <laughs> yeah but he's got a huge contract. Well, 15 million, I think this year. And then, um, and he's 32, which is younger than me, but uh, still old for football reasons. Uh, I mean, I mean, these guys towards the end of their career, we've seen it from way back. Joe Montana, probably further back than him. I just wasn't alive, but, uh, these guys that are moving teams and things like that. Julio Jones, is he still going to be effective for the Titans? Um, is he still one of the top receivers? Any thoughts on, well, wait, on Julio? It was he,
0: he's, he's 32, right? And I think yep. he had, he had a 1300 yard season last year on a bad yeah. team. I mean, he was their only guy, but it doesn't usually work out. The Montana, the Namath. Favre went to a conference championship with the Vikings, but he didn't win at all. I think, and we're all talking about quarterbacks though. You know, yeah. Julio Jones is a receiver and I just think he's going to be mightily motivated to mm-hmm. prove everybody wrong. Cause he's hearing everything that you're saying. Like, is he yeah. still the same guy? Does he have much tread left on the tire? And I'm just thinking about that division right now. You got Trevor Lawrence. What's he going to do in Jacksonville? Um, you no, know, that it's not the strongest division. Right. So I, I I think they're gonna have a good regular season record. I do. I and I wondered if they needed him, too. Yeah. For one, they were a very good football team, but better's better. And I think it's gonna work out, and I think he's gonna play highly motivated. I kind of crappy the way it went down. Cause the second I heard that interview on Fox Sports One's uh, in undisputed, I'm like, he doesn't know. He doesn't yeah. know he's on the air. We yeah. we had that debate whether he did or not. <laughs> he didn't know. Did you think no. he knew?
1: No, there's no way. No, now, there was too much respect shown to some degree in that process between him and Atlanta for him to have known he was on the air when he said what he said. Um, it's, it, I mean, you got his true feelings, but uh, no, there's no way, no way in the world he knew.
0: No, but I got to think if, it, like, if I don't know Shannon Sharp is going to be disciplined for that because that, like, you don't do that. Right, and I've been in this business thirty-two years. If I am putting somebody on the air on the speakerphone, the first thing I am saying is, "You are on the air." Right. Mostly because my buddies would swear, right? So I am like, "Don't," (laughs) but but you know, Sharp didn't do that because he's not a career broadcaster. Yeah. And I think Julio Jones probably wouldn't have been mad at Sharp because he's like, eh, the truth's out, anyways." Yeah. I didn't want to be in Atlanta. That's why I said it. (laughs) So I am just wondering. I I guarantee you, Sharp would be disciplined for that. Oh yeah. There is no doubt, but I don't think he's going to lose his job.
1: No, probably not. And, and there's probably a few guys that are now like, I'm not sure if I'm going to answer if Shannon calls. <laughs> but, you would uh, think. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. That brings us to Aaron Rodgers. So I, I'm a lifetime Packer fan. I was named after Vince Lombardi. I have a son who's named Brett. We almost changed his name, but it was too late. Um, and, uh, that was right when, when everything went down with, with Favre. Oh, it was, it was a bad day, but oh, yeah, we got yeah. over it. We forgave him and, uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, it's been silent. No one's given us any real facts in quite some time with Rodgers. He's yet to speak about it, um, with, the, with the exception of his short bit there on Kenny Maine. But uh, I feel like he's going to be a Packer this year. Actually, I've, I've said uh, on social media he will be back and he'll sign an extension. But I can be a little biased. So, Rod, what are your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers? Will he play for the Packers again, or is he going somewhere else?
0: Well, I'm not going to debate with you the Brett Favre saga. I'm a Brett Favre guy, so I Mm -hmm. had his back in that whole thing. History does repeat itself, Vince. You know that, right? So 16 (laughs) years later, here's Aaron Rodgers. And I thought it was the exact same situation, that Aaron was upset, that his replacement was drafted. And that was kind of the way it was framed initially. And I was actually on the Packers' side. And then with the Kenny Main interview, when Rodgers said, I'm being treated like a number, Hmm you that's what happened with Brady in New England. He was being treated yep. the same as everybody else. And, but they're not the same as everybody else. And, no. and <clears throat> we got a punter here on the Rough Riders, John Ryan. Well, you know, John mm-hmm. he played for the Packers yeah. for quite a while. And he like, he is tight with Aaron, like tight. And he said, Aaron Rodgers is a super dude. And Tory Gurley is a really good friend of mine. Said the exact same thing. This is not a pouty quarterback, right. IE Deshaun Watson, if I may, um, Brady got out of New England, and look what he's doing in Tampa. He he had carte blanche to sign the guys that he wants. He was, you know, de facto GM, and that's what Aaron. I thought that's kind of what he told Kenny May. He's like, I want some say in what's going on here. And after what he's done, he wasn't pouty about it. I swayed Aaron Rodgers' side. I was initially on the team side, and now I'm on Rodgers. But how does it? How does it play out? The only way the Deshaun Watson situation has been resolved is all of a sudden these charges come out. And that's not even to say that, that 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 they're not correct. You can't mm. pull that with Aaron Rodgers, right? Right. Like that's not. You're not going to find any dirt on Aaron Rodgers. So I think the team is going to win. Yeah, but you're going to have a dis- disgruntled quarterback that doesn't usually play out very well.
1: Yeah, you know, it's Green Bay is so unique in, in the football teams with just the way the fan base is so involved in everything with the organization. Mark Murphy, my dad. You know, he said they get rid of Mark Murphy in a heartbeat, and I wouldn't feel bad about that at all. Now we like we like Gutukunst, we we like the coaching staff, those kind of guys. Um, you know, and Dad just thinks Mark Murphy he's part of the problem. He's he's kind of stuck in his ways, and and you look at the history of the Packers. Ron Wolf he was right on um, almost every single time, and they've had success for the last uh, you know forty years. About and um. But a large part of that is because of the quarterbacks that they've had there, Brett Favre there and, and now Rogers. Jordan Love is not ready. He might be the answer, you know, in another year or two. He's not ready now. And, you know, maybe, maybe the Packers will have to go through a year of Jordan Love, uh, playing like a rookie quarterback, even though he's not a rookie technically, um, in order to get through to the next stage.
0: But what do you think? Is there any chance you mentioned the coaching staff, Matt Lafleur's decision to kick a field goal late in the, NFC Championship game last year that Aaron Rodgers was upset about that. I, I guarantee he's upset at the time. I don't know if he's still upset or not, but that stuff when you're dealing with a veteran guy like Aaron Rodgers, sticks with those guys.
1: Yeah. Took the ball yeah. out of his
0: hands. <laughs> you know?
1: the the argument to be made at least from the other side is well if Aaron would have ran the ball on third down <laughs> instead of throwing it away then maybe he would have gone for it on fourth even if he didn't make it if he was a little closer there's i think you look go back and watch that video uh, i don't i'm not a player so i don't know but i would think you go back and watch it and you go you know what yeah that was the wrong call on fourth down but there was a number of things along the way that i could have done better and he could have done better and this person could have done better that would have changed the outcome i mean three interceptions for the defense and you still lose. That's a, that's a rough day right there. But yes, LaFleur and, you know, I was texting the dad as soon as it was happening. I was like, I can't believe they're kicking a field goal. What in the world are they doing? And, uh, you know, those are the things you look back on. I, from what I can tell, Rodgers and LaFleur have a great relationship. Um, and which is surprising just from what everything you heard from the first year uh, that he was there. But uh, you know, it seems like Roger's main issue is in the front office with decisions that were made with, with just not giving him a phone call or a text message and saying, Hey, just so you know, this is what we're doing or this is what we're thinking about. That's that goes a long ways from what we hear. I mean, what Kirk cousins was informed that Minnesota was drafting a quarterback this year. Um, uh Tom Brady was informed. Tampa was, you know, it just makes sense. You let them know. My dad's like, well, they didn't have much time. I said, dad, Somebody in the room could have called him when they were drafting Jordan Love and say, hey, just so you know, we're moving up, we're taking a quarterback. Here's the situation. Give him the rundown. Let him know a little bit what's happening. And uh, they didn't do that. They've made a lot of mistakes in regards to uh, communication with with Rodgers. They don't have to let him make the draft pick. You just got to let him in, have a conversation with them. Let them know what you're thinking. And uh, But it's gone way back. Marshawn Lynch, uh, Rodgers wanted Marshawn Lynch. And he didn't, he didn't come. They played in college together. He loved, uh, Kumaro said, Hey, I love Kumaro. The next day they cut him. Uh, <laughs> they draft this replacement. They trade up to draft this replacement. And, you know, a lot of things have happened. A lot of mistakes have been made. Hopefully as a Packer fan, uh, they'll be able to figure something out and he'll be able to come back and play. And I'd love to see him finish his career in Green Bay. I'm not sure that's going to happen, though.
0: Well, they opened their mini camp, and he's not there, as you know. And yeah, you know, I tell you what. In your other career, it's funny how sports is a microcosm of life, and mm-hmm. where Aaron Rodgers, the you counsel a lot of people, the relationship is fractured. Yeah, it's not coming back. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think yeah. they're magically going to get over stuff in Green Bay between Aaron Rodgers and and the Packers. And it's funny. Well, it's not funny. My there's a lot of Packer fans here because they see the Saskatchewan Rough Riders as the CFL's Green Bay Packers. It's community-owned, yeah. right? It's it's Prairie team. And um, for a week, the Packer fans here couldn't even discuss it. Yeah. They were so upset. <laughs> we're, yeah. they were, they're like the kids in this situation. They're in a state of trauma. So it's unfortunate it's got to this point. Familiarity breeds contempt. It happened with Brady and Belichick. And I just think with Rodgers, it's it's, it's too bad because I don't see, I don't see it being resolved other than him playing and being disgruntled. I don't see any other way out of it.
1: Yeah. And there's really only two options I can see, um, outside of Green Bay for him. That's Denver and Vegas. Um, neither one of them have a long-term answer at quarterback. Um, if you're talking about getting a quarterback back, then Vegas is the only option because Derek Carr is way better than any quarterback Denver has. Um, I don't think he's getting traded this year. I think it would have already been handled if he was. Um, so it's just a matter of, is he gonna, are they going to stand their ground and say, okay, fine, don't play this year? Or will they be able to come to some well, kind of terms?
0: Some have predicted a holdout. I mean, guys yeah. close to Rogers have said there could be a holdout, which just underscored to me how fractured the relationship is. I, just, I yeah. it's, it's really sad. But again, I opened this thinking that he was a, a whiny entitled player, <laughs> and he sold me on Why? You know, it's not easy for me to come off my position. I don't usually do that, but I did in this state, this stance.
1: All right, I've got two more questions for you, Rod. Thank you again for the time today. Yeah. Uh, this question is, I've always viewed sports as an escape. And in America, they've always been very unifying. Um, right after September 11th, I mean, the the scene of President Bush walking on the baseball field, the football games that happened, I think it was two weeks later, um, that's just brought everybody together. Over the last two, three, four years, it seems like sports are now no longer unifying us. They're actually a part of what's dividing us. And this is specific, I guess, to America. Well, maybe it's in Canada too. I don't know. But um, do you think sports are still an escape for people or have they just become part of everyday life?
0: Scott, sports has a lot of problems right now. And I look at it a little differently when the NFL signed this new TV deal. And what is it at now? $300 billion a year or something. Punch. Yeah, Yeah. Like everybody saw the money. And I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. And I look at Dak Prescott and the $75 million a year that he's going to pull in with bonuses and everything. And I, everybody's like, wow, wouldn't you like to make $75 million a year? I'm like, no, because the pressure on Dakota Prescott is uh, more money, more pressure, more money, more problems. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if you're going to honor Black Lives Matter, that's an important cause, you know, but it – what has happened here is this hate that we're seeing has always been here. Mm -hmm. What brought it out. Is it social media? Is it the pandemic? Is it Donald Trump? They didn't cause it. It's always been here. And again, back to our other careers, talking about it is probably a good thing, but I just don't know what it's going to take for people to heal. Sports isn't the problem. People are, right. People are, the sports has done nothing wrong, you know? Um, and honestly, I thought the pandemic would actually sh- would wake sports up in terms of the money. And this NFL deal shows that it hasn't. <laughs> They're making more money. So you know what I mean. So it, yeah, it, I tell you what, it brings my group together. Let's put it that way. And we played hockey here in a bubble, and I got to call the games. I, I can't believe how happy I was. The players mm-hmm. told the coaches and owners of the teams, of the hockey teams, every day, "Thanks for mm-hmm. playing, and I for, for giving us a chance to play." And I, sports will always bring people together, but we had a lot of healing to do. And I'm not sure people understand yet that they need to, let alone start that road yet.
1: Well, that's a good transition into healing. Uh, you have an organization called Peterson Recovery, where you're helping with um, drug addicts, alcoholics, addictions, um, things like that. I'm curious, um, you know, what's the story behind that? How'd that get going? Uh, where did your burden come from with that? And And what are you doing? Um, what can you share about about that uh, organization?
0: Well, I'll give you the I'll give you the quick version. For 25 years, I was an active alcoholic and bad. I mean, my dad was a recovering alcoholic. He quit when I was two years old, and I just cold turkey just stopped after his hmm. third driving while impaired. And I just thought, you know what? When I'm ready to quit, I'll quit like my dad. Hmm. And I got into my 30s, and I couldn't quit. It had me like like this, you know. And um, that's addiction. I wasn't, I never tried drugs, but if I had, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you today. I'd have died, but I faced an intervention and was t- six and a half years ago. And I was told to quit drinking, get into recovery or lose everything. And I give myself a little bit of credit for making the right choice. And then I got into recovery, haven't drank since. And two years in, I got offered the opportunity to work as a sober coach by a sober coach out of Montreal. And I said, what, what's a sober coach? You haven't even heard of it. And he goes, well, I coach people to get, you know and it was just sobriety at that time mm-hmm. and uh, he goes come work with us people for whatever he goes i don't even know what you do he didn't <laughs> he was in a 12 step <laughs> meeting that i was in he's like people listen to you who who are you what do you do and he goes but you got to go get training so i got a diploma as an addiction treatment specialist and then added to that intervention training just got my certification 2 weeks ago as a recovery coach uh stress trauma um grief management all those things and you know, you understand it with what you do. There's no better feeling in the world to help others. So I've been doing that for four years, just past four years. And Mm. that's the highlight of my life. The sports is just for fun.
1: Yeah.
0: But near the end of my time with the Rough Riders, like my, our roads were going like this. Like for one sports is not life and death and to Mm. sports people it is. And God bless them. (laughs) They don't know any different, but when you're dealing now, when people's lives are in the palm of your hands, didn't really matter who won the football game on the weekend, right? right? So it just wasn't – we were going different directions. Hmm. And uh, I don't regret the change. They don't regret the change. Uh, but this is what I'd rather do. It's just the best feeling in the world. It kind of drives my wife nuts because my phone's going off 24-7, <laughs> you know, with people that have issues. Yeah. And, and uh, here, here's a funny story. My counselor, probably about three years ago, said to me, because I still have one, he goes, how do you do this over the phone? And you text people and you counsel them over the phone. Like, what? Nobody does that. You need them on your couch for an hour, and I'm like, my people are all over North America. I can't get them Mm -hmm. in my couch. And then the pandemic starts, and I said to him, "Boy, your business must really be hurting." If you, you know, we can't do face to face. He's like, "No, there's this virtual thing. It's great." (laughs) I'm like, "What what were you mad at me for?" Yeah, it works great. (laughs) So I've been doing this with my guys, and it is guys. I don't work with women Mm -hmm. because there's enough work. (laughs) in sports entertainment military with guys I don't need to branch out any more than that so that's what I do but it became mental health as much as addictions and I've done everything in my life Vince backwards I didn't Mm. want to be an alcoholic and when I was I didn't want to get sober (laughs) I didn't want to become a recovery coach and then I had all these people coming to me with their help with mental health issues and I had no idea how to help them yeah but I'm like how do I say no right so that's where I went and got the training
1: that's awesome. Um, you know, are are you working I know you can't I don't want to get too specific with it, but are you working with mainly with athletes and sports figures of or us. is it kind of everything?
0: Mostly mostly athletes and some military Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would like to speak with more entertainers because I sit here and mm-hmm. cry and moan every day about sports, not playing. There hasn't been a concert in this country in over a right. year. And right. it's not just the guy or girl on stage. It's the bus driver. It's the cable pullers. It's, it's, it's the ticket sellers. Like so many people are hurting in my world of sports mm-hmm. and entertainment, you know, and you see them going off on social media, ripping the government, ripping other people. I'm like, you're hurting. Mm-hmm. Do something about it. But you can't until they want to. Right. So it's been a really tough time.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Well, we've been with Rod Peterson. He's the host of the Rod Peterson Show. Uh, tell everybody where they can find, when, and where they can find your program and the best place to follow you on social media. Well,
0: thanks, Vin. You're in Kentucky? Yeah. Yeah, it is uh, Game Plus Television airs us daily noon Eastern for two hours on TDS Cable. If TDS Cable is your cable package in Kentucky, you get the Game Plus channel. Um, If you don't, you can watch us on Facebook and YouTube live daily. Same thing, noon Eastern. And just you see my name on the screen there. Follow Rod Peterson. My recovery account's Peterson Recovery. I'm not hard to find. So I appreciate the opportunity for that, Vince.
1: Yeah. And we've of course posted on Twitter. We've tagged Rod in all our posts and stuff like that. So you can go to the, the Twitter page, find him there and his, on his bio, uh, on his Twitter page, links to his show as well and his Peterson recovery as well. So you can find information, uh, there also. Rod, it's been, it's been a blast. Uh, I enjoy the show. I, I listen either to the podcast version or I jump on the YouTube. Uh, I work during the days. I actually work also. So, uh, so I'm listening as I go and everything like that, but I, I really enjoy it yeah you know it's we have we have a uh, sports right now has a problem with this um hot take mentality where everything they're saying something but they don't believe it And uh, one thing I I like about your program, it's not just you with the other gentlemen that join you throughout different times. It's not, it's not hot takes. It's, it's legit conversation. It's real opinion. And, uh, to me, it's very insightful. So I appreciate the the programming and, uh, I'll compare you to George Plaster. I don't know if you know who George Plaster is, uh, but growing up in Nashville, George Plaster was on the Nashville radio. He's still on Nashville radio, um, as well. And, um, just real, genuine, and I appreciate that and, and what you. I like to listen to. So Now uh, you're
0: giving me something to do tonight, look up George Plaster. There you I'm go. Sure He's great.
1: Yeah. The only <laughs> guy in Nashville that would say anything negative about Jeff Fisher was George Plaster. And uh, Now, he didn't always talk negative about, about him, but everyone else was too afraid they wouldn't get an interview anymore, so oh, yeah. they wouldn't you, say anything.
0: What did he think of Vince Young?
1: Uh, he was for him for the most part, especially early on, and, of course, everything kind of went – south as far as his playing abilities and stuff it didn't work out but a lot of that I think was coaching but um yeah. uh yeah yeah. Along, yeah 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 well we had yeah, that, that, that here for that a while hurts. that's why I ask yeah oh yeah yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So there's, there are still good sports talks out there. You just got to find them between the Rod Peterson show, George Plaster in Nashville, the sports stove, anywhere you get it. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> all here, Rod, thank you so much. I really do appreciate the time. You've been, uh, you've been very kind to our network, the belly up sports network. And, uh, we sure appreciate that as well. And we'll continue to watch and, and, uh, again, thank you very much.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks for the chance. And well, hopefully you can return the favor with me someday and come on. That'd be fun.
1: Would love to anytime. Okay, thank you, man. Thanks. That's Rod Peterson from The Rod Peterson Show. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Sports Stove Podcast. Again, click those links in the podcast notes and uh, in the YouTube descriptions for Skull Candy and for Yeti coolers. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's Sports Stove Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the sports stove.
0: Hi, I'm Maria.
1: And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team Ready. ready.